Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 149, Exceedingly Great Faith. You know what I'm concerned about? I'm concerned that good women, and I'm including young women as well, I'm concerned that good, righteous, sweet daughters of God are living their lives wondering if they have faith in Jesus Christ or if they have enough faith, the faith to work a miracle in their life, the faith to make a change. I'm concerned that they aren't sure what faith in Jesus Christ looks like, that they think it's something huge and just out of reach. I'm concerned that the adversary has done a good job deceiving us and tricking us into thinking that others are exercising faith. We hear about it in general conference, but we don't know how to exercise faith. And then we put pressure and we shame ourselves into thinking we just must not be faithful enough and that we need to do better. When really, when all along, the truth is they believe in God and they have a correct knowledge of his characteristics and his attributes. And they're doing the best that they can to live according to his will and obeying his commandments and using the atonement of Jesus Christ. They're doing everything necessary to add power to their faithful actions, yet they don't believe it's enough, or they don't recognize it's enough. They believe more action is necessary, and it just always seems to be out of their reach. We learn from Scripture that faith is a hope for things which aren't seen, but they're true. Faith is action, and faith is power. The Gospel topics on churchofjesuschrist.org says that whenever we work towards a worthy goal, we're exercising faith. How is that? Because when you have a goal, you don't have the results yet, but you believe it's possible. You can't see it. You don't have any evidence for it. But we believe in the possibility and we place faith in the hope that things will eventually be better. And then we take action. And that is faithful action. And then exercising faith in Jesus Christ is just moving towards the goal of eternal life. It's moving towards Jesus Christ. Even though we can't see it, even though we can't see him, we believe it is possible to have that eternal life and have a relationship with Jesus and have him work miracles in our lives. And we then act in faith and we exercise power to push away the temptation to choose otherwise. And then we trust, we hope in Jesus Christ that everything will work out for our good. And that is faith. And at this point in the Book of Mormon, we have person after person who exercises faith to bring about a change or a rebirth in their own lives. A choosing of Jesus Christ and placing him there in their center placing their hope in him, in his teachings and in his power and his characteristics as they put off what maybe those around them might be saying or even what their human brain might be instructing them. 
the scariness of making the change, the lack of evidence that everything's going to work out, or the lack of evidence that this will work for them. And even though they can't see him, and they don't have physical proof, maybe all they have is the testimony of one man. They put their testimony in who they're told Jesus Christ is and what they're told his desires are and the whisperings of the spirit that are obviously present and very real to them cause them to know and choose Jesus. They were able to recognize truth and it was glorious for them. Today's episode covers Alma chapters 19 through 22. I'm going to just assume you know the story, and I'm just going to spotlight the faithful actions of all of the individuals involved. This is going from the time that Ammon teaches King Lamoni to the time in which his father, king of all the land, Lamoni's father, king of all the land, then hears the teachings from Ammon's brother Aaron. And as you will see, all of these conversions are powerful, But as Elder Bednar would most likely say if he hasn't already referred to this section of scripture, these powerful events, conversions, they're the exceptions, not the typical. Yet I ask you to look for the joy that they experienced and compare it to the joy you have experienced when you have taken faithful action. I want you to recall those experiences. Remember them. Recall the Spirit's influence within you when you exercised your faith in very similar ways. Okay, so first let's begin with Lamoni. Lamoni opened his heart to the possibility that Ammon had truth to reveal. But remember who Ammon is. Ammon is a Nephite. Remember the traditions of the Lamanites. Lamoni doesn't trust a Nephite. In fact, just being a Nephite is worthy of death right now. But Lamoni exercises faith by opening up his heart that it's possible that this Nephite might have truth to reveal to him. And he listens. And at some point while he listened, he received some witness that caused him to believe Ammon's words. So he took the faithful action to open and to soften his heart. And I believe that this can happen with an intentional heart to hear someone and then to seek to understand those are faithful actions. And then he listened in faith allowing himself to be able to feel the spirit and to let truth ring within him. And I also believe that the word allow is a faithful action. Our agency is so strong that if we don't allow the possibility, we will not receive it. So you have Lamoni here who is allowing, listening, softening, to be able to receive truth. He then took the faithful action and he called upon God. He cried to the Lord, calling upon the Lord to exercise God's true characteristic of mercy upon not only himself, but upon his people. Lamoni trusted in God's characteristic even though he had never physically met God. He trusted that God was who he said he was, and he asked God to work that characteristic within his life. Now, the first and second time Lomoni falls to the ground as if he were dead, it's because he is overcome by joy 
which is a fruit of the Spirit, as we know. And knowing what we know about our agency and about God's respect for it, Lamoni must have faithfully opened his heart up to the Spirit, permitting himself then to be overcome, giving full permission to allow the veil of unbelief to be cast from his mind while giving permission to allow the light and glory of God to enter him and to fill him. When was the last time in prayer that you gave God permission to fill you with joy and with light? When Lamoni awakes and he finds his people heightened with contention all around him, he rebukes their contention and then he testifies of his Redeemer and he taught his people Ammon's words. He also taught his father Ammon's words. He faithfully taught others. He faithfully opened his mouth, not keeping his conversion to himself, but because of him, he spread the good news of the gospel to all he cared about and had a stewardship over. And with Lamoni's conversion, he stood as a witness, boldly testifying to Ammon when Ammon is engaged in a cause to go and and deliver his brethren out of prison. Lamoni expresses faith and confidence once again in God's power. He tells Ammon, In the strength of the Lord, thou canst do all things. That is a statement of strong faith and belief. But he didn't just leave it at that. He wanted to come along. He made the choice of faithful action to come with Ammon, to give his support, to do all he could to enable the power of God to be able to move forward. He was willing to be, and he made himself available to be, an instrument in the hands of God. And then, when he meets his father upon the road, remember, as they're traveling to Madonai to to deliver Ammon's brothers out of prison, In front of his father, who is king over all the land, a king who is enraged with his murderous emotion towards his son, Lamoni testifies to his father. And remember how his father hates Nephites. Lamoni testifies, For I know they are just men and holy prophets of a true God. Faithfully, when push comes to shove, literally, Lamoni aligns himself with the prophets of God, the true God, not the great spirit anymore. Did you notice that? Whenever we see Jesus enter back into a society, religious liberty is given to the people. And that takes faith, doesn't it? To give a mass of people their religious liberty, to allow them to be able to to worship who they choose and where they choose. That freedom was beginning to ring in the hearts of the Lamanites. Next, how about Lamoni's wife? After two days of Lamoni laying there as if he is dead, Lamoni's wife is conflicted. There are those who said that her husband was beginning to stink and that he needed to be buried. And they tried to convince her that he was dead. But she didn't think that he stunk. And I admire how she may not have been 100% sure But she exercised faith and she leaned into her confidence. I believe that there is a strong link between the power of our faith and our confidence in ourselves. So what did she do? Even though she hadn't been present when Ammon had taught, even though the knowledge that she knew about Ammon came to her second hand, 
She had heard of him and she called upon him. She exercised faith to learn more and to seek counsel. And when Ammon asked her, what is it that you desire? In faith, she answered it. How often do we become tongue-tied or timid in expressing in words the desires of our heart? But she was brave. And in her desire, she turned and acknowledged the holy office that Ammon held. But she also honored his priesthood, though she didn't know that's what it was at the time. And she sought Ammon's counsel and heeded it. And when he answered her, telling her Lamoni wasn't dead, and giving her a time in which he will wake up, she not only accepted his witness, but then she faithfully waited upon the Lord, not rushing the process that her husband's soul was undergoing. But she may have been scared, and she may still have had people pressuring her, telling her that she was foolish, telling her to bury him, But she faithfully obeyed Ammon, and Ammon proclaimed that she would be blessed because of her exceeding faith, that there had not been such great faith among all the people of the Nephites, because she exercised faith in the servant of God, even though she had no other witness except his word. Now, think about the last time that you patiently waited upon the Lord, when you were scared And when you didn't know the right answers, except for the answer that you felt pressed upon to follow, and maybe other people were giving you other opinions, but you stood in your confidence and waited. That is faithful action. After Lamoni wakes up and after she hears him testify, she too sinks to the earth, being overpowered by the Spirit. She too awakened and testified of the redemption of Jesus Christ and asked for mercy upon her people. She is filled with this joy because of her faith, and she spoke many words which were not understood by her people. And I think it's key that each time an individual arises from this state of falling to the ground and being overcome by joy and overcome by the Spirit, that immediately when they arise, they testify of Jesus Christ and they want their people to receive mercy and experience the same thing that they have been given. That is faith, but that is also pure love. I think that there is power when we faithfully pray and want the best for those around us. That is action that is faithful. And it's the kind of prayers that our Father loves to hear. So present during all of this were the king and queen's servants. And they had heard Ammon teach. And now they are witnessing these dramatic conversions of the king and queen. And they too feel the fear of the Lord. And when I say fear in this instance, it is being interpreted as great respect and honor. And they exercised their faith by calling upon the Lord with all their might. Can you appreciate the faith that that must have taken just a day earlier? God was unknown to them, and now they're calling upon him. They're calling upon a God that they can't see, but now they're using all of their might to have him come into their lives and clean them and change them. The servants also fall to the ground as if they were dead, and when they awake, they testify 
that they have no more desire to do evil. The desire not to do evil is there, but we know this is a process where we see it in our own lives. We start with a desire and then we take faithful action to do things differently, to do things better. And then we make a mistake and then we get discouraged and then opposition enters. But then we use the atonement of Jesus Christ and then we keep moving forward. These are all faithful actions. With faith, these servants forsake their ways, their traditions, the errors of what they have once believed and practiced and embraced. Now they are embracing the truth of all things, the God of truth, and they were empowered by their faith to make all the changes necessary to answer the burning desire that they had in their hearts. And their hearts were literally healed and changed by the Redeemer. Now there was one servant, however, who did not fall to the ground as if she were dead, and her name is Abish. And she faithfully had hope that her great desire now was about to transpire because years before, she had been converted to the Lord already. When she faithfully honored, listened, and believed the words of her father, who had had a remarkable vision, she had been converted to the Lord through his witness. And Abish exercised her hope that this was now the time that her people would finally see and believe in the power of God. For her faith gave her eyes to see that the power of God was at work, not some great evil like some others believed. She knew it was of God. And so Abish took action and she ran and gathered people to witness for themselves everything that's taking place. And Abish reminds me of the shepherds when Christ was born. They were the messengers who came and had a witness for themselves and then ran and went forth to spread the good news. And when Abish realized that the people were too hardened to accept what what she hoped that they would see, she was sorrowful. And just like any faithful person is when God or a holy event is mischaracterized. But what does Abish do? She doesn't run and hide. With faith, she walks up to the queen. And she takes the queen's hand and the queen arises. I don't think that could have happened without exceedingly great faith. Now, before the queen awoke, Abish witnessed great hostility among the crowd. Remember, some were arguing, thinking that an evil had come upon the household because Lamoni had kept a Nephite in the court and hadn't taken care of him. Others believed it was the great spirit perhaps punishing Lamoni for all of the killings that he had done of his past servants, and others blamed Ammon. And some of those who believed that, ironically, it's this is so funny to me, I don't know why, but it's some of those Lamanites who had been plundering The flock in the first place are those among the witnesses there. And one of the brothers of those who Ammon killed steps forward to avenge his brother's death. And he raises the sword as if to kill Ammon, to take advantage of Ammon laying there. And as he raises the sword, he falls to the ground dead. The only one who's now on the ground, who is actually dead. And why is this? How did this come about? Because of the great faith of King Mosiah back in Zarahemla, 
Do you remember King Mosiah? He's the father of Ammon. For the Lord had promised Mosiah that his son's lives would be spared according to Mosiah's faith. Here Mosiah was exercising faith in the Lord to send his sons into hostile Lamanite territory. And the only assurance that he had that they would be okay was through personal revelation that he received from the Lord. With faith, Mosiah didn't doubt that revelation. And with great faith, he trusted in the Lord. And that trust and faith were rewarded with this great protection over his son. For even Mosiah couldn't have known beforehand the type of protection his boys would necessarily need. The people of Lamoni had a choice to make now. Continue on as they normally would, or allow the supreme God to have influence over their lives. Some chose not to listen to Lamoni, and they did not believe, and they rejected Ammon's teachings. But many did listen, which is exercising faith. And many did accept God into their lives, even faithfully entering the waters of baptism and changing the way that they operated with one another. Can you imagine what efforts this must have taken? We talked about moral relativism. It's a very selfish philosophy. Now they're having to look out for one another, to honor truth and righteousness and honor one another's perspectives. We know from our experience that change doesn't happen overnight. In fact, it can be agonizingly slow, right? Progress is easier to look back and observe than to see from day to day or moment to moment. But it would have been putting faith over one's fears and doubt until you reached change. Always relying upon the atonement of Jesus Christ. And you know that takes faith. And the Lord did begin to pour out his spirit upon them. And they were able to see that the Lord's arm is extended to all people who will repent and believe on his name. And the people of Lamoni, they were zealous in keeping the commandments of God. And they permitted Ammon to exhort them daily about the things of righteousness. Can you see the changing of their priorities here? Their faith prioritized righteousness as they started to abandon their idols and their lazy habits and their leisure activities. And they replaced it with righteous living and righteous acts. And then they engage vigorously with it. They use all their energy and they commit. And that is faith. But as we learn, these are the beginnings of the people of anti-Nephi-Lehi that we know will be 100% committed to the Lord. And their faith is rewarded. The curse of their fathers was lifted and the Lord's presence was able to abide with them. All because there was a Nephite who, after his own conversion, couldn't stand for others to not know the truth about God's redemption. So with faith, Ammon went among the Lamanites, who were once his enemies, and was willing to be a friend, a servant even. And he was ready for when the time came to faithfully open his mouth. He believed that the words would come. His preparation of much prayer and much fasting and much studying of scripture prepared him for this moment. Yet would he have had the power of faith necessary to convert so dramatically if he hadn't faithfully made the time 
and taken the action that he took by doing these private religious devotions. And as he saw the king and the queen and the servants being converted, he was overcome and he expressed thanksgiving and an exercised faith that God's hand was at work here. He didn't puff himself up in pride and pat himself on the back with all his orator skills and his teaching skills. No, he gave thanksgiving to God and he was overpowered with joy. Also, consider without faith, would he have been able to also receive the revelation to not go to the land of Nephi? Receiving the warning of protection that if he did, the Lamanite king would kill him. Would he have been able to be given the knowledge from God that his brothers were actually imprisoned in Madoni and needed his help in being delivered? His faith prepared him to be able to receive this knowledge. And with faith, he trusted in that revelation and he obeyed. Now think about it. When he's going about going to Madoni and Lamoni is with him, who does he encounter? The king, Lamoni's father, the same one that he was counseled to stay away from. Did something go wrong? Why was danger right before him if, if his faith was in action and things were working out for him? Perhaps it wasn't the king he needed to avoid so much, but maybe the place in which he encountered the king. We know that the land of Nephi was a wicked place, a ferocious place. It would take faith to... Be clear on this, wouldn't it? Perhaps all along the Lord knew that Ammon is going to meet the king. Perhaps nothing actually did go wrong. And this line of thinking takes faith in Jesus Christ, doesn't it? When things don't seem to go right, keeping focused on Jesus Christ and moving forward, that takes faith. The faith that everything is going to work out for our good. Faith over fear is what Ammon showed up in. And when the king was rageful and had murderous intentions in his heart, with faith, Ammon stood up boldly and testified against the evil that the king was about to perform. And that takes faith, doesn't it? Placing the king of kings of heaven and earth, who you can't see in the moment, above the ferocious Lamanite king who is standing before you. Faith helps us not to fear man, but to fear God and to have our priorities in place. And when the king turned in wrath unto Ammon, Ammon stood his ground. With faith, he didn't exercise selfish desires when the king is begging for his life. I mean, the king offers Ammon half the kingdom. But that wasn't what Ammon's desires were. He just showed friendship and devotion to both Lamoni and to Jesus Christ. You see, it's because of Ammon's faith that he was able to develop such feelings in the first place. Lamoni had once been an enemy, but his faith permitted this friendship and then a true devotion towards him to develop. Ammon had faith that we are all sons and daughters of God. Faith that God is not a respecter of persons and faith that God's ways are always better. To love God and to love others as we love ourselves, to invest in someone and not keep them as our enemy is the right way. It's the holier way. 
The Lamanites were now his brethren, and his focus was also on delivering his actual brother from prison. And I'm referring to Aaron. He too also exercised faith, even though things weren't working out as great for him as they did for Ammon. Here he was being led by the Spirit, but he was led to a hard-hearted people. He was rejected by the Lamanites, the Amalekites, and the people of Amulon. And next week we'll review, remind ourselves again of each of those groups. But he was undeterred as he was rejected. And he went from city to city and into their synagogues, boldly testifying of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the people were after the order of Nehor. And even though they flatly refused to accept his teachings, he didn't give up. Even when he found himself suffering in prison, he remained faithful to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Even as he sat there, hungry, thirsty, naked, even when it appeared as if he wasn't being protected like his father had been promised he would be, Aaron held on to his testimony and his faith in Jesus Christ. Not giving up when things don't turn out how we envision them. Not blaming God and doubting if he really was being guided. Even when things are now hard and scary, that takes faith. Pressing forward in the face of rejection and persecution and still maintaining your testimony in Jesus Christ, that takes faith. And giving men like the king of all the land an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and actually believing that the atonement could literally change and save him. That takes faith. Now, Lamoni's father intrigues me. And for now on, I'll just refer to him as the king of all the land, or the king. He is obviously a hardened man. Even the land of Nephi, that is his primary residence, is a hard people. A people that Ammon was warned to stay away from, and that Aaron had to use careful discernment with to not get them riled up, that things would get out of hand if they got involved. The king, in fact, was willing to kill his own son for being with a Nephite. And then this son was attempting to free more Nephites that did not sit right with him. But when he saw that his life was about to end, The king offers this Nephite half of his kingdom just to spare his life. And what a scene it must have been for him. As he had started to attempt to take his son's life and then to kill his son's friend and then to find himself at the mercy of his son's friend and then having Ammon say, I don't want your kingdom. I just want you to free my brothers from prison and allow your son to keep his kingdom. The impression that must have made on this ferocious king, an example of his son being respected and honored and cared for by Ammon, something maybe the king of all the land should have been doing. And what does he do? He exercises some faith by rewarding his son, not only just saying, all right, you can continue to rule over the land of Ishmael. But the king goes further and allows Lamoni to be able to no longer be under his father's rule. And then when Aaron does finally come before him 
The king had been pondering about all of these things that Ammon had been doing. To ponder takes faith. To ponder and keep things in our heart and mind and maybe wrestle with them is exercising faith. And the king listened to Aaron, and Aaron taught him all of the same things that Ammon had taught Lamoni. Remember the creation, the fall, the plan of redemption. And you know what the king's greatest desire ended up being after all of this? It shows his faith. His greatest desire, he desired eternal life. He desired to be born of God. He desired to have the wicked spirit within him rooted out and to receive the spirit of God in him. And he desired joy. And he said he would give up everything to possess it. That he would give up his kingdom, which meant he'd give up his riches, his power, his glory from his fellow men. If he could just have these things from God. And that takes great faith. To give up the temporary that is right in front of you for the eternal that isn't. Those are the desires of faith. And those are your desires too. The unfaithful, they don't desire such things. To them, that feels too intangible, too far off, too unsatisfactory compared to the immediate pleasures and riches that the world offers. And because this is what the king desired, he didn't look to his old ways. He looked to God and then asked God's servant, how do I obtain these things? And Aaron said that he must bow down before God and the king must repent of all his sins and call upon God while he bowed himself down in the name of Jesus Christ, believing that these things will come to pass. And that takes faith. That is moving forward, believing that God will do his part and not, we don't really know how it's all going to happen. That's letting go of our control and giving it to him and then believing that your request is heard and accepted. And with that great a faith, that childlike faith, this once hardened and ferocious king bowed down to God he actually prostrated himself on the ground before God, before a God that he couldn't even see. But he made himself as low as the dust of the earth, and he cried mightily to a God and king that he couldn't see, but he believed to be greater than himself, and that is forsaking pride which is the force of the natural man. It fuels the natural man. It's what probably made the king hard and ferocious and feared. Probably had gotten him really far in the Lamanite lands. But he put all of that aside to faithfully embrace humility. And he prayed, only having the witness of Aaron that there's a God to hear his prayer. But he faithfully asked God, to make himself known to him. The king offered to give away all of his sins to know God, to be resurrected and to be saved at the last day. This is what he desired. And then he too fell to the ground. And when he arose, he administered to a very anxious crowd until they were calmed. And then with faith, he turned their attention to Aaron so that they could be taught. I hope as I have rehearsed these faithful actions, as I have spotlighted these scriptural figures, that the Spirit has said to you, has whispered to you, see you do that. Or 
You do that so well. You do that all the time. Or reminding you that this too is the desire of your good heart because you have a good heart. Every action you take with this hope in your mind and in your heart as you face the Savior is faith. I hope that you're able to see that their faithful actions brought into their lives a tremendous power, a power to be able to change, a joy that they were able to be overcome by. And this joy is available to us as well. If we seek to know God and call upon Him and invite Him to make Himself known unto us, if we're willing to give up all of our sins and just completely change course, not slightly, but completely. And the joy may not be as dramatic as it was for the Lamanites. I mean, it can be. I'm not putting a limit on joy. But I can tell you, I can testify that as I've done this process over and over again, the joy that comes in the moments of realization that where I once was is not where I am now. Where I once would have been reactive, I am more calm. Where I once would have suffered with intense emotion and grief over the hurts of others, it's just, it's not so much anymore. Where I once would have felt stranded, I know that God is with me. And that brings me sweet, reassuring, and motivating joy. And because of your faith, this joy is available to you as well. Move forward in faith.